Matters You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. This is an extremely special edition of our You've Got Mail podcast because, well, one, it's the first since the start of free agency. Uh, the first since the 49ers made that blockbuster pre-draft trade, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I think even the biggest news is that we're joined by senior writer at ESPN and an NFL analyst on NFL Live and one of my favorite Twitter follows, Miss Mina Kimes, as we wrap up our celebration of March's Women's History Month with one of the best in the game. Mina, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Always good to be in uh, enemy territory. Yeah, you know what? I love that you talked about that because we're going to get into that first. We have to. It's only right. Um we have free agency, we have the draft, we have Jimmy G, but I think starting off with some serious business is that 49ers fans, brace yourself if you don't already know, but Mina's a big Seattle fan, gained her love of the team from her father years ago, and as much as it hurts me to even say their name, I understand because I have a similar story. I got my love of the game of football from my father, and we have similar stories there, and I remember even after work on my drive home or my drive into work, me and my dad would just talk about sports until we have nothing pretty much left to talk about, but your story is fairly similar, right? It is, yeah. So my dad's from Seattle, so I, I've been a Seattle fan my whole life. Um but I will say I did uh, do some work for the Rams last summer and was accused of being a traitor. So I'm just kind of doing my tour of the NFC West. I haven't done any Cardinals media, but I'm available. It's kind of like the EGOT, right? Um, and I, I feel like if I'm going to be a traitor, I should be an equal opportunity trader. That that makes a lot of sense. If you have to be a trader, I mean, you might as well just give in to the rest of the NFC West. Totally understand. But we're not going to judge you here, but we are going to have a little fun to kick this off. So since you're a Seahawks fan, I'm going to ask you some 49ers-based Seahawks questions. Oh, no. Okay with that, okay? Let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. Who would you say was your least for favorite 49er that you hated having to watch your team play against? Colin Kaepernick. Honestly, during his, yeah, just, um, you know, during his peak, and I would say when, the, like, the Seahawks-Niners, it's still a rivalry, it's always been, well, since they've been in the same division, a rivalry, but during 2012 through 15 was probably the peak of the the bitterness really between the teams, right? I mean, there were commercials made. I remember there was that uh, headphones commercial where, like, Colin Kaepernick was, like, pulling into, it was, like, an anonymous field, but the fans were wearing Seahawks colors, and you could see like, wow, these teams really don't like each other. These coaches, you know, have some beef and uh, it, it made it really fun. And I just think um, he was such a fun quarterback to watch. He was part of a change, sea change in the NFL. And I can just tell you, having talked to defenders, there is nothing more infuriating than there was nothing more infuriating than watching him gallop, you know, 50 yards uh, through a defense. And, and as a fan, it was absolutely infuriating. So it, this answer doesn't have to be Colin, but if it is, that's totally fine. But is there a favorite moment from the 49ers-Seahawks rivalry that stands out in your mind? Well, you know, the the, the tip, the man, I can't believe this is a Niners podcast. People have definitely turned it off right now. Um, so, the, yeah, the, 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 the tip is kind of from the NFC Championship, a.k.a. the real Super Bowl, right, that year, yeah. um, 2014, was it was obviously the most memorable. But I think... There was a game that I was at, uh, and I think it was Jim Harbaugh's birthday, where, and this will unify us, Richard Sherman, then a, then, a, then a hated by the Niners, eventually loved by the Niners, 
of course, knew Jim Harbaugh from college. And I remember he had a pick in the game, Seattle won. And I remember him wishing Harbaugh happy birthday on camera in a just primo WWE villain troll stuff. And I've always loved him as a player and a person. And, and that was a really fun moment. That's a bittersweet moment for 49ers fans. And just that whole time of him coming to this team, it took a lot for some people to follow <laughs> the fact that, all right, Sherm is on the 49ers after, you know, those years of history and those bitter moments. You think of Crabtree, you think about eating turkey legs on the middle of the field. There's just so many things that come to mind when you think of him. But uh, all in all, a great guy, fantastic player. Okay, who is a current member of the 49ers that you wish Seattle could make a trade for? Oh boy. Mm. So I really, this is an interesting question. Cause like, I really love, for example, Fred Warner's game, but Seattle doesn't really need Fred Warner, you know? So I'm thinking about Seattle's roster. I guess George Kittle would be the one in terms of like thinking who would help Seattle the most and combined with like what an incredible player he is one of the two best tight ends in the NFL. So I'll go Kittle. That's not a bad answer. You can't really go wrong there. Every team can use George Kittle. Last one. Uh, This one might be a little bit of a stinger, but reaction to that 2019 Week 17 game with the division on the line, the NFC West right there, and that stop by Dre Greenlaw. Man, that was, um, I was in New York watching that with some colleagues, and it's always a uh, embarrassing experience when my colleagues see me watching C- impactful Seahawks games the first time and realize oh, wow. that I'm a complete sociopath. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of thought, I thought Seattle was going to lose the whole game and then I had my hopes up at the very end. I think that was Nick Vanette maybe who had the, the last catch and got, I mean, it was Hall. No, it was yeah. Jacob Hollister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. No longer Seahawk. Um, I, I mean, it's just like, one of many incredible moments between these two teams. I'll leave it at that. That well said. I will say that I was sweating bullets. I was <laughs> nauseous. I was in that press box ready to faint. That was an awful moment for me. But um, nonetheless, you know, if you're going to finish out the season with the last game of the year like that. I mean, what better way could you go out? So with that, I appreciate you having some fun with our 49ers-based Seahawks questions. And regardless of who you support, we appreciate you joining the podcast and bringing some of your knowledge and analysis of what's going on. And since we're already talking about Seattle, we're talking about the 49ers, let's just open up things to the NFC West. Each year, these teams are making moves to, to counter one another. We've got J.J. Watt and A.J. Green joining the Cardinals this offseason. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford and Deshaun Jackson giving the Rams offense a boost. There's been a number of other moves around the division, but is there one that you think has the biggest impact on, let's say, the future of the NFC West? Hmm, That's a good question. Well, I think, I mean, it, it, collectively, when you look across the team, Stafford's probably the biggest move just for obvious reasons. Um, but... You know, the NFC West, I was joking with my friend Danny Kelly, who covers uh, the NFL for the Ringer and is a Seahawks fan. It's like, does every team have to sign in the, every player have to sign in the NFC West? It, fe- it feels like it's already such a hellscape of a division. And then you had all, pretty much every team got better. Um, and I think beyond the Staffords and the Watts, every team made some really clutch signings. I just kind of going from team to team. Like, for example, Arizona, I think the Rodney Hudson trade was really incredible. He's one of the best centers in football. Um, Acquiring him from Las Vegas is going to be massive for Kyler Murray's development. San Francisco uh, managed to bring back almost the entire secondary. So that's huge. Of course, the Trent Williams contract is probably the biggest, though, and 
so important. And, and I, honestly, going into free agency, I did not think they would be able to keep him. Um, so that was really amazing. Seattle, um, trading for Gabe Jackson's big, also from the Raiders, but I'd say bringing back Carlos Dunlap and inquiring from San Francisco, Kerry Heider, who, as you know, I think a lot of most casual NFL fans who don't follow the Niners probably don't know who he is, quite frankly, but he quietly had an excellent season last year. So that was huge for Seattle. Um, and then with the Rams, I think, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, the Stafford thing is big. I'll add, and then Leonard Floyd is pretty big. But, you know, hanging on to Darius Williams, cornerback, that, I think that's going to be the biggest issue with the Rams is maintaining that play in their secondary after losing some key players there, and he's a really nice piece. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about what the 49ers were able to do. They weren't huge players in the free agent market, but they were able to retain so many of their own. Offensively, you've got Trent Williams being the biggest name. You've got fullback Kyle Juszczyk on the other side of the ball defensively lineman dj jones but helping shore up that secondary which honestly going into the offseason i think it was about more than 80 90 percent of those guys set to hit the open market but resigning jaquaski tart kwan williams emmanuel mosley but looking at what the 49ers are able to do in-house what do you make of their ability to retain those guys and and how do you grade what they've done so far keeping the core of this team together I think they did a really nice job, especially just um, looking at sort of how reasonable these deals was. Even the Williams deal was had, had a massive headline number when you really look at it, like tends to be the case with 49ers deals um, is quite mean, is quite team, is, is more team friendly than it appears at first. Uh, so I think that's enormous. Um, bringing Alex Mack on, I don't think I mentioned that earlier, obviously familiar with Kyle Shanahan uh, is helpful as well, shoring up a position where there's been some uncertainty but, um, you know, I, this is all table setting for the big Niners move, if you want to get to that, which uh, you know, it, it, it seemed like a, I, I wouldn't say a, a quiet offseason for San Francisco. Williams signing is huge, but we thought we knew what this team would look like. And now all of a sudden there's a, a bit of a question mark hanging over it. I feel like we might as well just jump <laughs> right Let's into the big news. Let's just go at it. Okay. It, it's. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch earlier this week, they they talked to the media and they make this move jumping from number 12 overall to number three with that trade with the Miami Dolphins. I just want to know before getting into the details of it, when you first heard the news, what was your initial reaction seeing what this team has done and what they potentially could be trying to do? You know, my initial reaction was thinking about the Stafford signing with the Rams because. Um, Kyle and Sean McVay are often mentioned in the same kind of breath, this, you know, brilliant offensive play callers who can elevate any quarterback and, and, you know, their, their offenses are both very quarterback friendly, but they can also make any quarterback look good. And the Rams decided to upgrade at the position um, after, you know, getting, I would say last year was a bit of a, a downturn for them on that front. And it felt like San Francisco suddenly, you know, kind of almost, I wouldn't say reacting, but feeling like let's do the same thing. Let's upgrade at the position. Also, we're looking at a, a draft that um, it might go, it, it, at this point looks like one of the best quarterback classes in recent memory. And we're picking at 12 and we don't know if we're going to be in that position again. 
yes, we only won six games last year, but you know the entire team was injured, and the Niners have had terrible injury nut luck now for a few years. Um, but the team has a very high floor because of how well coached it is and some of the the great pieces that you have, in particular on defense. So I thought it was opportunistic. And then my second reaction was like, they must really like the quarterbacks in this class because to make that kind of trade for not just the third pick, but the third quarterback taken, which is the assumption that everyone's making is unprecedented. Yeah. Well, speaking of quarterbacks this week, we got to see Matt Jones. We got to see Justin Fields pro days, but not limiting it to just those two quarterbacks of that top four five that are available I pick number three hey anything can happen like you said but uh who makes the most sense to you at number three overall considering what Kyle who Kyle Shanahan is what he likes out of his quarterback what kind of system he runs what makes the most sense in your mind yeah well you know I um in the past on our show NFL live had said I think Mac Jones makes sense for San Francisco I get like we were talking about who the team might take a 12. Um, but then looking at sort of the amount of draft capital given up and the position, um, I was a little bit taken aback by the notion of the player going there. Um, it doesn't mean that he wouldn't be successful in, I'm, I'm sure he would be, frankly, uh, in Kyle Shannon's offense for the reasons that made me say that in the first place. But um, I, I didn't have him as a quarterback going in that, position in this draft class and you know the the reality is all of these quarterbacks would be good with Kyle Shanahan um I am a big fan of Justin Fields game uh and I thought it possible that he might go third overall with uh sort of some of what we're hearing around the league and I think he'd be a really nice fit for Kyle given his accuracy um his athleticism which is you know we haven't seen that many dual threat quarterbacks in his offense, but I think it'd be, you know, his his ability to create would sort of take it to another level. So if I was a San Francisco fan, I think I'd be rooting for that pick personally, but I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, by any of them. Heck, I love Trey Lance too. He's incredible. Uh, And if uh, you were to have a year to learn, I think that would be a really nice fit for him. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Well, obviously we can't talk about potentially drafting a quarterback without talking about the future of Jimmy Garoppolo. When Kyle and John spoke this week, something they said stood out to me and they talked about having to protect the organization. They said they love Jimmy, but they're steadfast on keeping him around. But what Kyle said was you can't win games. If your starting quarterback is hurt. That's what the 49ers dealt with last year. You know, having three different quarterbacks in at different various times of the season. But with that, I'm going to toss it to a fan question because this wouldn't be the You've Got Mail podcast if we did not have a fan submitted question. So I've got a question from Shirley Karasi from San Jose, who's essentially asking, what situation in your mind seems more likely with this 49ers trade up in the draft? Is it a rookie playing under Garoppolo for a season? Or do you see this number three overall pick giving up everything that they did for him? Do you think that this is a guy that they believe could potentially just take over the reins immediately? I think it really depends on the quarterback and I, I hate to hedge, but you know, if it was a Trey Lance, for example, I, it does make a lot of sense for me for to me for him to sit for a year. Whereas with a Fields or Jones, um, they could play 
I think immediately, you know, maybe not play at an extremely high level or whatnot, but that, that makes more sense uh, that you'd have them starting as rookies. Uh, so I think for San Francisco, the eye towards what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, factors in potential trade return, um, which of the quarterbacks they're taking and how ready they are to start in the NFL. And also think what would they do with the cap savings, given where we are in the offseason? Um, you know, you could use it potentially if you were to do, I don't know, Fred Warner's contract or one or something like that. You could use the money in that way, whereas there aren't that many free agents out there uh, at this point that San Francisco would want. Yeah. I, I think about this all the time because, you know what, you never really know what somebody's going to do once draft day comes and and maybe teams have an idea of, you know, this is what we want. But if this happens, that's going to affect us and mm-hmm. now we're going to go a different direction. Would you be surprised if the 49ers, after what they gave up for number three overall, would you be surprised if they went the direction, not of quarterback, but elsewhere? Yeah, I would be. I would, my face would fall off. I'd be shocked. <laughs> you don't give up that kind of draft capital unless you're taking a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, signs are certainly pointing to a quarterback with a number three overall pick, but looking at the 49ers moves in free agency, what they're already somewhat indicating going into the draft, what do you see as this team's biggest need? And, and I'm going to throw this in there for, for your sake to continue to compete. with. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, quarterback was the number one, but I think now with the trade, it's pretty obvious they're going there. So outside of that, you know, it, it is a pretty deep roster. Um, there aren't a ton of needs across the board outside of depth, but I would say cornerback jumps out. Rich Sherman is still a free agent. And as we've discussed, he did bring back a lot of pieces in the secondary, but uh, Killa Witherspoon went to Seattle as well. Uh, Seattle's just signed a ton of NFC West guys. So I think... Um, Got the tight end that- from the Rams too. Uh, yes, the tight end for the Rams, too. Yeah, I just love these NFC West players. You know, Seattle and, and San Francisco traded guys back and forth for a little yes. bit. Hey, yeah. maybe, we'll get, maybe we'll get a Richard Sherman homecoming. He can do the double-double agent move. But anyways, I think cor- cornerback jumps out. In fact, before um, the trade, I thought at 12, they might be targeting a cornerback. Yeah. So perhaps later in the draft. And then I think the interior of the offensive line, guard, um, they just pre- obviously set a tackle position with Williams and McGlinchey. But I think... There's been a lot of um, it's been a rotating door a little bit on the inside over the last few years. And that's a position I could imagine them targeting as well. Yeah, absolutely. 49ers having nine draft picks going into this draft, double than what they had uh, the season prior. Um, but with that, as we're we're still very early in the offseason, believe it or not, but Mina, I appreciate having you, but before we let you go, do you care to give any NFC West predictions on this season? <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um mm, i think this is this is a lame prediction but i think uh three teams from the nfc west will make it to the playoffs Ooh, actually I like that. yeah that's very friendly right nobody can be mad at me for that yeah i, I like that and i'm assuming that uh, san francisco and seattle are two of those so it's just who's that that other team to make that cut uh yes ma'am in this postseason. I like that a lot. Mina, I appreciate your time joining us here on the You've Got Mail podcast. This was a lot of fun. Um, don't forget, you can always check out Mina on uh, NFL Live on ESPN or like I like to do follow along with her tweets because they are amazing. Mina, appreciate you and hopefully we can chat soon. Thanks for having me.